Coming up on this edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, we'll talk to a Washington superfan turned NFL scout turned diehard Washington fan. We'll explain coming up next on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, and we welcome you to this edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast right here on this midweek edition. I'm Chris Ross of Flying Solo. David Harrison is scheduled to be back on the next episode with a crossover Thursday look at the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team in the home finale. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And coming up on this edition, as we mentioned, we'll have a special look at Daniel Kelly, a lifelong Washington Redskins slash football team fan, a diehard who didn't grow up in the area, grew up outside of Minneapolis, attended Super Bowl twenty six. In the Bills fan section, rooting for his beloved Burgundy and Gold. The last time the Washington then Redskins were truly dominant, truly great. And not only did he do that, but he grew up loving professional football and scouting and talent evaluation. And he turned that from super fandom into a scouting career with the New York Jets under Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick. It's really a fascinating story. We'll have that for you coming up next, right here on LOWFT. All right, guys, Built Bar, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. Oh, gosh, do I have to get right back to it. If you're about getting fit or eating healthier and right, make sure Built Bar is included in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. Who are we kidding? Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There is no comparison. Built Bars, soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in real chocolate. So, as you're making your New Year's resolutions, as you're getting back to the gym, as you're eating healthier, as you're sleeping more, make Built Bar a part of your daily staple. So many flavors to choose from, some salted caramel, cookies and cream, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, mint brownie, whatever you want, they've got it for you at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. Dot com. But this is the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Again, here's part one of our conversation with Daniel Kelly. Really interesting story. I think you guys are going to like this. Go check out his book, Whatever It Takes. Daniel, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and your family. How are you? Thanks for your time. Hey, I'm doing well, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And I love being on the show. Thank you for having me on, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have an amazing story, as I just kind of chronicled. And you've all put it, uh, you know, you, you, you've kind of tied it up, if you will, into a book. And I, I don't know how much we can 
you know, kind of get to here, but we're going to get to as much of it as we can. Your self-titled book, Whatever It Takes, and it's based on your real-life experience, and I just kind of chronicled some of it. But before we get to the local and Washington tie-in, I just wanted to ask you, you know, you've lived this amazing journey, again, of being a diehard football fan, working your ass off by everything I've read, scouting, studying, self-teaching, writing reports, uh, self-promoting yourself, uh, making people aware of what you were doing and what you were about. And then it ultimately lands you an actual position with the New York Jets. When that happened, Daniel, how in the world did you process that? It was overwhelming emotionally, to be honest with you, Chris. I mean, it was just, you know, you know, when, when I got the call, of course, I had gone out to uh, New York. It was a two-day, you know, just a marathon interview process with, you know, you walked down the hallway and we'd all recognize every single name if I mentioned them all from Parcells, the Billichek, Mangini, Romeo Cornell. Uh, you know, it, it was just incredible. Dick Haley, the architect of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1970s. Uh, Scott Pioli, of course, Mike Tannenbaum. I mean, it was just incredible. So after that interview process, when, you know, they didn't offer me the job in the interview itself, Chris, but when I got back two weeks later, the call came from Scott Pioli, uh, Parcell's son-in-law, and uh, he said, listen, uh, Bill's reached a decision on you. And um, and uh, first, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about. This is Scott talking. And, and he said, uh, number one, um, you know, it, it, it's it's I was able to get, you know, uh, you know, 20, 20 21,000 approved for you uh, for your first year. Now, I know that's not a lot of money, and uh, but, you know, there's a meal card over at Hofstra University. That's when the Jets were uh, at Hofstra, mm-hmm. um, Long Island. And, um, you know, they're also, you know, we'll get you a couple tickets, season tickets to, to the Jets games. And, and also, too, I mean, at the time I was newly married, so he wanted to touch on that. He said, you know, uh, you know, overtime in the NFL is not, not you know, optional. It's, it's a requirement. So, I mean, it, you know, it can be hard on, on young marriages. And, and uh, so if you need some time to, you know, talk it over, and think, think about it. I'm like, Scott, I don't need any time. Right. <laughs> and he, said, he said, well, he said, are you accepting that? I said, yes, sir, I am. And he goes, well, with that said, I want to welcome you to the New York Jets as the newest member of the team. And, and I, I, I lost it. I, yeah. I, I broke down and, and I, I, I hung up the phone and the first phone call I made was my grandmother who was very supportive, encouraging, and she's the one supporting me all through my life. To, you know, they told me it could be possible. And It was just overwhelming, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it sounds incredibly crazy. And, again, some of the names you just mentioned, you know, every football fan knows. But what what people might not know is, like, you didn't go, you know, nowadays there's, like, scouting schools and online curriculums and maybe places you can go that weren't probably available, and maybe they were, uh, back when you were going through this. Uh, Am I right? A lot of this, before we get to the local connection, a lot of this was self-taught. Like, you were just a passionate football fan like so many, but you took that passion and put it into substance in terms of your scouting reports and evaluations and then took the extra step of saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let somebody not call me back. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep selling. I'm going to keep promoting. I'm going to keep trying to fulfill my dream. Uh, absolutely. I mean, to your point, Chris, I mean, there was no Internet when I was trying to do this. <laughs> there was no online right. schools or, you know, anything like that. And, and as a matter of fact, my first uh, draft publication ever bought, I uh, mowed the lawn for my dad to buy me, uh, was called it was called Jerry Jones Drugstore List, if any of our <laughs> listeners remember that. <laughs> I'm not talking about the owner of the Cowboys. I mean, this is a different Jerry Jones. It was a little yellow book with maybe a sentence or two on each guy. And, you know, it really changed me because I did, you know, to your point, Chris, have this tremendous passion 
uh, for the Washington Redskins growing up in Minnesota. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll get into coaching. Um, you know, I, I, I actually uh, suggested a play to Joe Gibbs that he ended up using and it worked for a touchdown in a preseason game. But I, I was, it was like I still hadn't really found my niche until my parents gave me a book for my 17th birthday. It was Tony Rosano's Secret to NFL Scout, the former scouting director with the San Francisco 49ers, the guy to convince Bill Walsh to draft uh, uh, Joe Montana instead of Steve Dills. Funny story. But, but um, you know, it, that, when I picked up that book, Secrets to NFL Scout by Tony Rosano, it was love. I mean, it was like, it was like this is what I want to be. I mean, it was, I couldn't put the book down. I read it forwards and backwards and, you know, look for subliminal messages like, you know, kids used to play records backward. I mean, I looked at this book every which way and how, and I said, this is what I want to be. This, I want to be an NFL scout. And so I started going around school, telling all the kids I'm going to be an NFL scout. They're like, sure, whatever. I start recording games off, you know, network television. And that's when I started, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, who's the general manager of the Redskins? And, and it was Charlie Cassidy at the time. And so I, I just started writing letters to Charlie Cassidy and, and I started asking for an internship. And I'll never forget, I had a chance to actually get Gene Bates on the phone, who, who was a, uh, a college scout for the Redskins for years. And, you know, he kind of talked me through some things and, and encouraged me. And, and so, and then, and then Charlie Cassidy started responding to me. Right. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, when I was 18, I was sitting in my high school uh, typing class when all the other kids were typing up scuttering reports. I mean, the, the assignments that I was typing up scuttering reports in the back of the <laughs> classroom, and it turned into be like a 70-page uh, draft report. Uh, I remember Xeroxing a cover of Desmond Howard on uh, the front cover of Sports Illustrated with that padded, that Heisman pose, and I put down the front cover of my draft report and sent out to Charlie Castley asking for an internship at 18. He, he wrote back, he said, hey, you're still too young, all these letters in my book, whatever it takes. Uh, you know, I, I put them in there, you know, for, for that sake, And but uh, he said, you know, you're still too young, check back up to your first year of college. But I just started going into it, and, and I, I, I just worked at it, and there was so many examples in Tony Rosano's book of, you know, what to look for, the characteristics of each position and it was so helpful for me and from there my passion just kind of took over and I mean I just threw my homework you know aside and just you know scouted players every night after school. Turned it into a passion and turned it into a career and being joined by Daniel Kelly again the book as you mentioned whatever it takes you can also read him on SI.com doing a little uh, coverage of the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions uh, part of Fan Nation which of course our co-host David Harrison who's not with us tonight uh, is uh, doing, of course, work for the Washington football team. Uh, so uh, glad to have Daniel on here again. Uh, turned a passion into a actual scouting job with the New York Jets. So you mentioned a couple of times in that last answer, Daniel, about Charlie Casterly and the Washington Redskins. But what you, I, unless I missed it, you didn't say that you were uh, like a fan of the Washington Redskins, and that is your passion, and that, of course, intrigued me as to why I wanted to bring you. How did uh, somebody who grew up outside of Minneapolis become a Washington Redskins fan? Was it just because they were winning a lot in those days, or, or, or what happened? No, it was wild, Chris. Uh, it's a good question. It was wild because, uh, you know, I, it was, it was just one day. It just happened. Uh, my parents had a, uh, my parents were big Minnesota Vikings fans, uh, you know, living in Minnesota, everything. My mom used to go to all the games back at Met Stadium with Bud Grant when they all could see their breath and the purple people eaters and all that. And, you know, so my parents love football. So they had the game on, uh, was the uh, Vikings Redskins playoff game in 1982 there, uh, in the divisional playoff game. And, uh, you know, it's the first football game I saw and Chris, it was, the only way I can describe it, because I've been asked this a number of times, uh, countless times throughout the years, the question you're asking, like, why the Redskins? You grew up in Minnesota. And it was only, my only response is it, it was love at first sight. 
I was absolutely enthralled with the team. I was captivated. I mean, the, the colors, the burgundy and gold, the logo, the, the, the RFK stadium, the energy, uh, you know, Reagan's, uh, who's my favorite player of all time. Um, you know, the hogs, Joe Gibbs, Dexter Manley, like the whole thing was so electric to me. It was so captivating. It just captured my mind, my heart and my imagination, Chris. And, and there was no turning back. I never had a second favorite team. Um, you know, it was just it just consumed me. I mean, my whole life became Redskins. I, I if I wasn't talking about the Redskins, I was thinking about them. If I wasn't thinking about them, I was reading about them. If I wasn't reading about them, I was I was dreaming about them. And I mean, my 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 room was a Redskins shrine. I, you couldn't even see the color of the paint on my walls. I was so Redskins uh, a Redskins fanatic. I mean, I was the kid that went to the Metrodome against the Vikings with fifty eight thousand Vikings fans, and there was me with war paint on, with a little Mark Rippin jersey on, and some Zubas. Uh, I was I was fanatical. I was Noah's Dan, the Redskins man, uh, just like uh, Mister. Snyder, uh, known as, you know, with that name, uh, you know, it, that, that was me in Minnesota. I, I was just crazy. I mean, that's what everybody knew me by. I mean, it's, 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 you know, and of course, when the Redskins lost the big game, everybody razzed me right from the right. moment I walked to the school bus. But when they won, of course, they had so many great years while I was growing up. I, I had the privilege of growing up in the Redskins' heyday. Uh, that, I mean, it's an amazing story. Again, you know, like these things happen uh, from time to time where, you, you know, you certainly become a fan of a team. Uh, that you don't grow up in the backyard of, but that's a pretty cool uh, story, and the passion is is still strong. I can hear it uh, in your voice. The book is Whatever It Takes. Uh, we're being joined by Daniel Kelly, uh, former NFL scout with the New York Jets under Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, uh, and some of the, the other names that he mentioned, uh, and again wrote the book Whatever It Takes on his journey from you know just a diehard fan into an NFL scout. Uh, and again, you can uh, check him out on Twitter at uh, Daniel Kelly Books. Uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, I'm sorry, at Daniel Kelly Book, on at Daniel Kelly Book, not uh, just drop the S, at Daniel Kelly Book. And, again, uh, read the book, get it, uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, whateverittakesbook.com, whateverittakesbook.com. Um, so it's just a really cool story. I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll ask one more for you. And, and you know, you, you talked about the genesis of your fandom for this team all these years later, having worked in the NFL, gotten a taste of that, seeing what this organization has gone through, all the the bad losing, the the the, the dysfunction and, and whatnot, and you know, I don't know how closely you get to watch them each and every week. Um, ha, has your fandom been shaken at all? No. Not at all. No, not at all. No, not whatsoever. I mean, there's, I mean, it, it's been a lean 30 years, uh, since, I mean, from a high school graduation present, my, uh, grandmother had gotten me a ticket to, uh, Super Bowl 26 on January 2nd, 26, wow. 1992. Okay. And, uh, and I was saying corner end zone, uh, but, but in the Buffalo end zone. So I, <laughs> I showed up with, uh, all my war paint on and everything <laughs> and my big Redskins foam hand and, you know, everybody, you know, B-U-F-F, you know, all the people with Darth Vader outfits, everything. I, I grow men look like they're going to kill me uh you know but i mean when i was sitting in that game little did i know what the next 30 years would bring and of course we've all kind of lived through that uh there's been a great frustration for me um you know throughout the years just like there has been for a lot of our listeners and the fans out there sure i go through it too i get really down as well at times and and get pretty moody about you know the status of the team and what's happening and you know why are things 
it's clicking and why can't we have this like we used to have it and all that stuff. But, no, I mean, even throughout my entire time with the Jets, I mean, um, I was part of a Redskins uh, fan club in Long Island, New York. And that's a that's a kind of a cool part of the story. I, uh, you know, I never, never even dropped my uh, fandom when I was working in the NFL with the New York mm-hmm. Jets, which which was interesting. I can't tell you how many times Mike Tannenbaum pulled me in his office and, and gave me the lecture of, hey, you need you need to quit being a fan of the Washington Redskins. Uh, I guess some of the cool stories along those lines in the book. But, um, you know, that, no. huh? yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I've been on NFL films twice. They've captured me at different games and stuff. So, yeah, I've been a Redskins fanatic my whole life, and it's it's been very hard. I've come close to working for the team seven different times. And most recently, I came closest to working for the team uh, in 2019 when uh, former team president Bruce Allen called me out of the blue uh, because he got a hold of my book. And actually called me and, uh, you know, based on my book, wanted to fly me out, uh, to sit down and meet with me. And he said on the phone to me, he said, I want to sit down with you, Daniel, and find out what you think we should do. And, and so it turned out that, you know, me flying out to Washington, uh, for an interview, uh, on October 19th, uh, 2019, and even got a chance to walk on the field before the game. Mr. Snyder put me up in a box, um, out there, uh, before the game for the 49ers game as well, the whole experience. And so come real close a lot of times, but the whole time to answer your question, long story short, I've always been, I, I believe, burgundy and gold, uh, to a fault. Part two coming up next. What does he think about Ron Rivera? What does he think about Taylor Heineke? His answers might surprise you. They also might make you happy, or they might make you furious. All right, once again, it is Chris Russell with you right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Good to have you with us as we take you home on this midweek edition and part two of our conversation with Daniel Kelly. All of his thoughts on the current Washington football team, and some of them might surprise you. Whatever it takes is the book. Make sure you get it on a great story that he just detailed, Daniel did, uh, with us in our first segment. Now time to talk a little bit about the current team. Uh, and, uh, of course, you can follow Daniel at Daniel Kelly Book on Twitter, at Daniel Kelly Book uh, on Twitter, and whatever it takes, book.com, uh, all about the story that he just told us. Uh, again, fandom of the Washington uh, football team and as well his rise to the New York Jets. You can also read him on SI.com. So, Daniel, I wanted to get your perspective with two games left. And, again, sounds like you're obviously pretty dialed in. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen bits and pieces, if not all, uh, of recent games. Uh, clearly, the Washington football team has had this weird roller coaster of a season. They come out two and six, very disappointing uh, you think that like, oh, this is going to be a bet. And then they come out and win four in a row, beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And now they've lost three in a row, including two to the Dallas Cowboys and were hammered on Sunday night. How in the world do you put into perspective uh, what you've seen from the outside in terms of, again, the, the best way I could put it is kind of a roller coaster of a season that had a lot of the expectation. Well, that's the way it's felt, Chris. It's it's been a roller coaster of emotions for me just watching the games. I mean, I was super disappointed the way the season started. There was obviously sky high expectations headed into this thing with you know the big game against the Bucks, the playoffs last year with the uh, you know heroic run by Taylor Heineke in, in the corner of the end zone, and everybody was just sky high on this, saying you know Washington may have the best defense of the league this year, and uh, you know a lot of people, of course, bought into that you know based on Ron Rivera's past, uh, you know coming from the Chicago Bears. I 
grew up watching Ron Rivera play linebacker for the Bears with Buddy Ryan and, um, you know, Mike Ditkin and all that in the vaunted 46 defense. And so, you know, there was a lot of expectations heading into this, as you alluded to. And, uh, you know, so when they came out flat like that, it was just really alarming. But then all of a sudden they came back in the heroic style again. And as you alluded to, and won those games in the middle of the season in the last couple of losses against Dallas have been just just crushing. I mean, it was, I, I will say this, that game uh, the other night uh, against Dallas was the most soul-crushing defeat um, I've seen of the Washington football team in 40 years of watching mm-hmm. them. Um, and, and you're talking to a guy that, you know, I threw up and missed three days of school after Super Bowl 18 when the Redskins lost to the Raiders. And uh, and I'll never forget the swirling winds of the Meadowlands, uh, losing that NFC championship game, as Charles Mann used to say, they rocked the bus and they lost 17 to nothing. I was heartbroken by that game. But this was just a soul-crushing defeat against Dallas the other night. And, and so, yeah, it's been a real wild ride of emotions and expectations and everything in between, and here we are. Absolutely. Whateveritakesbook.com is how you can get uh, Daniel Kelly's book, Whatever It Takes. Again, available, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, so on and so forth, whateveritakesbook.com. Uh, His story from super fan to NFL scout and, again, diehard Washington Redskins slash football team uh, fan and aficionado. Um, let me ask you this. What have you seen? Have you seen anything about uh, from Taylor Heineke specifically and then I guess a little bit from Kyle Allen that would make you think, hey, you know what? They don't need to swing for the fences big time this offseason and get a veteran quarterback, a Matt Ryan, an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, somebody like that. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking to a guy that's that's maybe Taylor Heineke's biggest fan um, out there. I mean, I, I, I love Taylor Heineke. I, I love his heart. I mean, I, I'm a guy that grew up. I, I've seen them all. I mean, obviously, I didn't see Sonny or Billy. Uh, I, was, I was too young for that. But, I mean, I've seen all the rest of the, the, the legends. I, I grew up watching Joe Theismann, Mark Rippon, Doug Williams. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I saw the guys come through there with Joe Gibbs and, and everybody since. And, and, and when I, when I – the beauty of having, you know, 40 years of fandom uh, of Washington team football fandom uh, under my belt, so to speak, is I have an, an encyclopedia of, of, of people to compare him to. And, and I love Heineke. I, I think the guy plays with a tremendous amount of heart, tremendous amount of passion. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was one of the first people to buy his jersey when it came out uh, and I could get it on, off the NFL shop. I mean, I, I love the guy. I mean, I was, I, it, it was actually the first time when we lost that game last, you know, in the playoffs to Tampa Bay. Um, I was in a sports bar down here in Key West, Florida with my wife, Samantha, and uh, it's the first time I teared up in a long time at the end of the game, and and uh, I, I really like him, and uh, I think there's a lot to build on. I, I'll say this and, and make this statement on, on your show. I, I think the quarterback position is the absolute least of our problems on this football team. Uh, we, we got a lot bigger problems than, than the quarterback. I mean, when I look, Chris, at, at Heineke's stats, uh, 3,052 yards, uh, ranks 19th in the NFL. Uh, he has 20 touchdowns in the season, ranks him tied for 12th. Uh, obviously, I don't like the 14 interceptions. Uh, but if you look at the last two years, I mean, 2020 completed 63.2% of his passes. In 2021, he's come back and improved on that with 64.8% completion rate. 
great. Um, you know, I think this guy is the heart and soul of the team. I think he's the leader. Um, you know, don't get me started about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's the answer at all. I think, you know, what I saw of him this last offseason was appalling to me from a, from a team standpoint. I understand the numbers he's put up this year, but uh, that's not the answer. Deshaun Watson, we have no idea what we're going to get. I mean, the guy's a year removed. Bill Parcells, who hired me, used to say two years in the NFL is a lifetime. You have, we have no idea what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Everybody thinks he might be the same guy who shows up, uh, might not. Uh, you know, the other guys, you know, just nobody jumps out at me and says this is the answer for this football team. I think we have a lot more, you know, bigger problems. I think we have to get a lot more aggressive on defense. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I've been just appalled while I've seen all that defensive line this year. Uh, even when even when Chase Young was healthy, uh, I thought he, he played very uh, soft football at the, at the defensive end spot. Uh, I'm not seeing the pass rush I want to see. I'm not seeing the secondary coverage. You know, I mean, like I said, they rank 30th right now in the league from a pass coverage standpoint. The team's not getting to the quarterback. Uh, we got a lot bigger problems at the quarterback position. I, I think we just stand pat with Heineken and continue to build around him. I mean, I totally agree. There are other problems. I, I guess, you know, you and I uh, probably differ, uh, I guess, is the, is the best way to say it on, on, <laughs> on Heineke's future. But that's okay. I totally respect uh, your opinion. And there are a lot of qualities and skills uh, to like. That being said, I guess I would ask you this, uh, just as we wrap up here, uh, from your experience both as a fan of this team, uh, as a former scout, as somebody who, again, worked under uh, Belichick, Parcells, uh, again, around guys like Pioli and Tannenbaum and, and, and others uh, that know way more about football than anybody listening to this podcast, probably. Um, do you think Ron is the right guy for the next three years here in Washington? No. Wow. Um, let me quickly follow up. <laughs> Why? I, I think Brian Mitchell touched on it today. I, I read something B. Mitch wrote, and I love B. Mitch. I used to have a B. Mitch jersey. He, he was he was passionate. He's a firecracker out there, and uh, he had said something that there's just no passion coming from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And and whether we're up by thirty, down by thirty, whether you know we're winning, losing, there's no there's no reaction. Um, it, it's just, and I, I feel like the team is playing to that. Um, you know, I know, I, obviously, Joe Gibbs is the greatest influence in my life. Um, and, and I know that Gibbs uh, recommended Ron uh, to to the uh, football team. And I know they've done everything they can. They're kind of reconstruct, uh, the, you know, the, the old glory days the best they can with Marty Herney and, and Myron Mayhew and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, no, I just don't. I, I, I'm not seeing it. Um, you know, I, I'm not seeing the – I'm not seeing the aggression. That, that's what I really expected to see out of Ron uh, because when we – when I watched – 85 Bears, Chris. It was nothing but pure aggression. They pinned their ears back and they they came and they were they were all over the offense. And I'm just not seeing that. This team looks just kind of soft, lethargic, kind of sluggish. Just just you know, I'm not seeing any creativity. I'm not seeing any innovation from a defensive standpoint. I mean, it, it's 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 when things are not working. I mean, Joe Gibbs was a master of making adjustments. Richie Pettibone, our defensive coordinator in the 80s, was a master of making adjustments on defense. 
defense. I mean, they kind of Pettibone did the defense and Gibbs did the offense. Yeah, I'm not seeing the adjustments uh, on this football team. I'm not seeing, you know, adjustments when injuries happen. I'm not seeing adjustments in the game. I'm not seeing innovation. I'm just kind of seeing the same well-worn path. And, uh, you know, interesting enough, uh, last year, uh, you know, we ranked way better uh, sacks per game. We were better. We were fifth in the league last year with 2.9 sacks per game. I looked at some of these stats before we went on. Passing yards, uh, we were actually third in the league uh, last year. Uh, to this year, we're 30th. Uh, you know, run, running yards uh, is the only area we're better in this year is against the rush. We're eighth this year. Last year, we were 15th. And points per game, we're, we're at 30th this year, almost dead last in the league. Last year, we ranked fifth. This defense has gotten dramatically worse. And, and I think if anyone goes back and watches the tape at the beginning of the season, what Chase Young put on tape was an absolute embarrassment. Mm. Uh, for the most part. And that's the way the whole defense plays. Just kind of touch tag, kind of flag football. Nobody's really kind of moving. No, it just, you know, and, and that's, that starts with the coaching. The only thing I've seen Ron be aggressive about this year is everyone getting vaccinated. That, that's the most passion I've heard of him. And, and outside of that, I haven't heard anything. And I just, I just don't see him being the guy to lead this football team going forward. Uh, I mean, some definite strong opinions there. That is for sure, no doubt about it, whether you agree or disagree. Again, it's Daniel Kelly. You can follow him on Twitter at Daniel Kelly Book. Uh, whatever it takes, book.com, available again, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, so on and so forth. Uh, and a, a long time, long time dedicated, passionate, uh, Redskin fan who lived the dream from super fan to NFL scout working with the New York Jets under Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells and others. Uh, and he's been our guest, uh, here on the Lockdown Washington football team podcast. Daniel, thank you again for doing this. Uh, great, great stuff. Love the strong opinions. You know what that means to a radio guy like myself. Uh, so, uh, you know, whether people agree or disagree, I love the, the conviction and, uh, and the thought process behind it. Happy New Year to you and your family and love to have you back on again real soon. Okay. Hey, I'd love to be back on this show. I, I'm the guy that walked into my interview with the Jets and told the Jets that their top draft pick would be a bust. So I'm definitely not shy for opinions. But <laughs> I, I can tell that. I love that. that. That's welcome in my circle. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Chris. Happy New Year to you and our listeners. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, once again, thanks to Daniel Kelly for joining us. Go get his book, a really interesting story, again, and go check him out on SI.com uh, as well. Lots to uh, think about there. And, uh, again, something we didn't get to when it came with uh, Daniel Kelly is because we were taping as the news came out, uh, our thoughts uh, with, um, with John Madden and his family as he passed away at the age of 85. Uh, on Tuesday, obviously, lots of tributes pouring in. Uh, also want to send um, a, a, a good thought to uh, Jeff Dickerson and his family, uh, a reporter for the Bears on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Didn't know Jeff uh, well. I think we just met once, but uh, knew very much of his work, very respected. And unfortunately, he lost his battle uh, with cancer at the age of 44. All right, David, back on the next episode scheduled, uh, I'm Chris Russell. I will see you uh, coming up, uh, we believe, before the end of the week. Uh, just stay tuned. And if we don't get to catch up, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Washington football team podcast.